This is IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. This podcast is powered by the Indiana Municipal Power Agency. Since 1983, IMPA has provided 61 municipal utilities in Indiana and Ohio with low-cost, reliable, and environmentally responsible power. I'm Lee Llewellyn. Uh, so today I'm at uh, Cook Group in uh, Bloomington, Indiana, and uh, we're going to be talking with Nikki James, the Vice President for uh, HR and Talent Development. Um, so a little bit of context about uh, as we start this conversation today. Uh, in June of this year, 2019, Indiana's unemployment rate was 3.5%. Uh, at one time, economists declared that uh, anything below 6% unemployment was considered full employment. So as most economic developers in the state of Indiana know today, um, our employers are really scrambling um, to find uh, employees um, and to meet their current employment needs. Um, they're seeing their expansion plans threatened by the lack of available workforce. Uh, and while it's not Indiana's problem alone, it, it is something that we have to deal with and that we have to try to figure out uh, how we're going to address some of those challenges. Uh, so uh, uh, some time ago, we had a chance to, to hear from, uh, from Nikki and some of her colleagues here at Cook Group. Uh, they have wrestled with this question, certainly within the, the Bloomington market, but also looking at southeast Indiana, and have developed a, a, a really comprehensive way of looking at um, potential employees, uh, existing employees. And so uh, Nikki has been kind enough to spend time with me today to talk about that process uh, and, and how you got to, to some thoughts and, and where you ended up with, with your plan. But let's start with a little bit of an overview for people who don't know. Tell us a little bit about uh, Cook Group. Right, I'd be very happy to, very, very glad to be here. So we're made up of five business lines and um, a lot of people will have heard about Cook Medical. It's our, our largest part of our business, our medical device business. We also have um, a resort business and are the proud owners of French Lick West Baden and uh, property in Canton as well. We have a property management business that um, is known as CFC and they have a lot of properties in um, the community in Bloomington and the surrounding areas as well as um, the Grant Street Inn property and that's a commercial and residential real estate. Our services business are really there to support our business and so we have component manufacturers, our shared services, our architecture, our family health center for our employees as well and other, other companies within that. And then we have our life sciences business. We have um, regenerative medicine companies up in Lafayette and um, Cook Regentech looking at cell therapy, Cook Myocyte as well in um, Med Institute. It's a contract service provider for people who are looking to get regulatory um, approval for devices and then our Cook Animal Health division as well looking at veterinary products. So really an entrepreneurial portfolio there, very varied um, in what we do and everything, the thread for us throughout everything is really working to empower the people in the communities around us to reach their full potential and whatever that may mean in each of those areas. Okay. So uh, uh, the, the company was started in 1963 by Bill Cook. Um, it is still closely held, as I understand. 
Um, and so there was a unique philosophy, I think, that Mr. Cook had about, um, about the company, about how he thought about that. And, and as I was looking through uh, some of the information, one of the things that came up uh, was a quote from Mr. Cook that said, the best thing you can do for someone is to give them a job. Right. Um, and, and I think you've had a, uh, maybe a, a little variation on that, but, but that's a unique philosophy that he had about a number of things that, that he has done within the company, within the communities where the company is located. So as you began thinking about um, grappling with your own employment challenges, how did, how did that philosophy uh, of Mr. Cook really infuse the, the questions you were asking and the way you approached th this challenge? Right, so our president, Pete Yonkman, we hold a lot of feedback lunches with employees and we actually heard from one of our employees who told us about her son who would love to come and work for Cook. And um, Pete said, well, why doesn't he? And she said, well, he doesn't hold a high school diploma. And so our evolution from that of giving someone a job really became, what if we actually give someone an education and a job that can lead to a career? So you could have a job or we could actually help you um, advance and help with your upward mobility to have a career. And we'd love that that career would be in Cook. So that's really where, where it all started. And of course, when you looked at our workforce needs as well, we, would, we were desperately needing to have more people um, in some of those entry-level jobs. And so that's where we um, came to put together the program, My Cook Pathway. So, uh, and, and yes, and so that's, that's the main thing that we're gonna talk about today is My Cook Pathway. Um, but as you were looking again at sort of the, the labor force in Monroe County or in the region around, what? What were you finding there in terms of, of the potential for, for employees and some of the challenges uh, that you were facing to bring those people into the, into the company? Right, we found that there were around 475,000 Hoos Hoosiers without a high school diploma. And so all of a sudden it became very apparent to us that there are a lot of people in Indiana that may require assistance with getting a job. And so we then needed to educate ourselves of understanding how to um, really attract those employees. And so we wanted to make sure that we were learning about that. And so we worked with our government affairs teams to really understand some of these challenges, met with the, with the now governor, um, Eric Holcomb, and talked to him and learned a little bit more about his initiatives and what he was challenged with and what he was looking at and felt that, you know, we, we knew that just in our area, in Monroe County, there were 5,000 people without a diploma. And in just southwest central um, Indiana, 29,000 adults. So we felt that there was a huge opportunity for us and fellow employers uh, to be able to help these um, people get a job. So as we were, and as we were talking before we started recording today, we, we were comparing notes a little bit about some companies that I have talked to in the past and and I think perhaps some of the things that I found with them maybe mirrors um, where you started in this process but but when I would interview companies in the past and and they would be talking about their challenges in a attracting workforce or even sort of getting their workforce to to upskill mm -hmm. and improve you know, they would talk about, well, yes, we have a tuition reimbursement program. Uh, employees put the money up front. Um, they, they go on their own time. 
Um, they have to earn a certain degree. They have to agree to stay with the company for a while, and it doesn't guarantee that we even give them an opportunity to advance if they do that, which always seemed to me to be a real disincentive for somebody within the company. And, and uh, I'm not sure if that's where you started with your policies, but I know that, that uh, you've had, a, a, I think, a very evolutionary and in some cases almost a revolutionary process here in terms of how you now have sort of looked at that. And again, you've called it and branded it My Cook Pathway. So what is that? So we were guilty as charged as well. Um, well, that's exactly where we started. And we looked to um, see how many people were, were taking us up on this fabulous offer of um, <laughs> golden handshakes and maintaining certain grades. And oh, by the way, you have to pay for it all up front. And we realized that was a grand total of 65 people, which in a company of 12,000 is a little pitiful. So what we said was, let's really talk to some people and understand why, why aren't they taking us up on it and overwhelmingly it came that upfront payment was crippling for people and was really not a motivator at all so uh, we said well what if we take that away and what if we say we'll pay up front we do expect you to maintain a grade and we want to make sure that you're serious but if after all of that you decide that you'd like to take a position with another company we're okay with that because we've actually aided in that upward mobility for the community. And so whatever that, whatever that means for us, it's really good for you, it's really good for your family, it's good for whatever community that we're in. That was the part that I think a lot of other companies really struggled with. Um, but if we're all doing that, then there's still going to be a great pool of talent for all of us. And so that was very impactful. Then we looked at people um, who were needing a high school diploma and the big challenge. So when we first started doing this, we had people were very keen, but we were noticing we had a very high dropout rate. And so we were trying to understand why, why were people dropping out? And so we reached out and um, they said, well, we just can't afford to do it. You know, so what we were doing originally was giving them a job part time. So they'd come and work here in the morning and then in the afternoon they would go and they would work through one of our teachers and they would be doing their classes and so we were paying them part-time and these are people often who have young children who have other um, responsibilities and challenges and things that they have to pay for and so they weren't able to afford it and so that's why they were dropping out and so Pete um, said let's just remove that barrier and so now we pay you full-time you come and work for us part-time and then you go to Ivy Tech in the afternoon um, and you work on your high school diploma and at the end of it we'll, we'll guarantee you a job. Because I think, I think I remember though that there is a requirement or at least a requirement for advancement that you have uh, uh, at least a high school diploma or equivalent, is that in right? Many, in many jobs okay. you, would, you would require that. There are some, some positions here that you could come in without a high school diploma but if you want to advance that would be the barrier to entry. So it was really important for us to help people figure that piece out. And now we have, um, we've like just in the last year, we had over a hundred graduates, best day of your life. Actually, if you decide to do this in, in whichever company you may work for, um, going to see the families around that 
person, you know, because this is this is adult education, and there are many reasons why people dropped out of high school, and rarely are any of them good. And so there's a real stigma for people. There's an anxiety to go back to school, and so that accomplishment is enormous when they overcome all of those barriers and go back and get that high school diploma. The whole family is um, excited for them, and it's a really it's a wonderful celebration at the end. Okay. And so I know that uh, we talked about, and so the 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 reimbursement or what used to be the reimbursement, right? But I know that you you have a special arrangement with Ivy Tech um, and how you do all of that. So talk, uh, I guess, a little bit about that associate's degree partnership with Ivy Tech, right? Um, and how that works, and then what kind of results you've been seeing with that. Yeah, it's, we've gone from 65 people being interested to around about 1,200, um, which is really very exciting. We're really looking at expanding that globally as well. So Ivy Tech have been an amazing partner for us, and they're helping us now with our high school diploma as well. And then um, we're partners with them on the Achieve Your Degree program. And luckily for us in on the Bloomington facility, it's literally just down the end of the drive, so that's incredibly easy. They've also been great partners in understanding a little bit about our workflow so that they can actually um, change class times, things like that, to make sure that they can accommodate our employees. And that's been incredibly successful. What's also great is that we've been able to think about that higher education because we don't want people to stop there, right? We'd love people to continuously educate themselves throughout their career. And so now we have some great partnerships with um, online universities as well, where we can actually get everybody all the way to a master's degree with no out-of-pocket expense. And so that's phenomenal. When you think about what is it, $1.3 trillion worth of student loan debt and think that we actually have a pathway through our company all the way to a master's degree with no debt, that's, I think that's a game changer for employees. And so um, Ivy Tech are partnering with us, you know, with lots of other online universities are starting to realize that we have a set amount um, for education for employees and they want to help work within that amount to help us achieve our goals. Okay, so I, mean, I think I mean this is um, I mean this is a revolutionary approach in a way. I mean it maybe shouldn't be, but but as we started talking about, you know, that for the most part, um, the onus is on the employee to 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 make take the initiative to make the initial investment. Um, do other companies look at you like you're? crazy for doing this <laughs> they they have done um, but we then we just talked through it and um, now a lot of our um, community partners are, are starting to do it and so the interesting conversation was with some of the smaller companies who were saying well it's all very well for you cook you're a very large company how how can I afford to do that and so we were explaining to them that there are a variety of different grants that you can get from the state and it doesn't actually cost you anything you just have to figure out how to get them and so I think working um, with Blair Milo um, who's been working on talent for Indiana for the last couple of years now I think um, she's been looking at this of how can we make sure that it's very user-friendly for people to understand how to access some of this money with next level jobs and workforce ready grants and achieve your degree and then skill enhancement funds so the funds are there so if you if you want to talk to us about how to figure out that process very happy to help people avoid those growing pains but actually it takes 
takes the affordability off the table for even the smallest of companies, which I think was a very important mm -hmm. factor. Yeah. So uh, you've been doing this how long? Close to three years now. Okay. All right. So, so uh, talk about then how what what has been the impact inside the company? What's been the impact uh, with within your culture? And then uh, what's been the impact then within the communities where Cook is operating and, and, and what what challenges and opportunities have you seen in that period of time? Right, so I can give you like our impressions and, and hearsay feedback if you like. Um, we One thing we would really like to do and we've been um, talking with our business analytics group is actually to put some data to this so I could give you more of a scientific answer in a few years but obviously we, we need some more data and I'd love to be working with other companies to aggregate that, that data too because we, we're looking from an engagement standpoint of what's that impact for these employees and so we can measure that fairly easily and then we're looking at what does that mean for the communities around us so what we'd really like to understand is how does that impact their children how does that impact the um, the upward mobility within the community, but also what does that mean for the state with regards to um, reduction of people looking at different programs that they may be providing. And so we'd like to ultimately measure all of that. But right now, what we know is that there is a buzz through the company from our employees who know that there's no reason why I couldn't think about doing something more. And so what we didn't want them to do was to come into a job and think that there could be nothing else for me. And so it's really about how we take them from that mindset of, I have a job to, I actually have an opportunity of a career. And so that's really, you know, thinking about that continuous education as being part of our culture, we're really working on making sure that that is something that is now through um, everything that we do with My Cook Pathway and all of the programs that we provide for our employees as well, so that they see there's nothing that I couldn't do. Uh, we just want to make sure that we're that connection point to enable them. So you talked about uh, you talked about the different uh, funding streams, grant programs, things through uh, maybe the state or even federal. The, is that you know again? I guess going back to some of those smaller companies, does that is that a a, a significant burden on the company to to put all of that together do you have somebody who's dedicated to doing and i mean administering those grants and administering those funds does that become a challenge i hope it's going to become really simple as there are people focusing on that from the state side um, i think it's just understanding where to access the this information and what's required and so i think that's where we can help we can actually talk to them about how we've done it i don't have a team of people doing that no we have um, one of our employees who's really um, dedicated to this program but she does other things in the company as well so it isn't it isn't a huge resource it's just really that if you understand the how it will become a lot easier once you've once you've done it once um, and you know we have our government affairs people who are very happy to talk to any company about things you know just to make sure that they're not leaving any money on the table as right. well well and I think uh, and, and we've had uh, secretary Milo uh, did a podcast talking about the 21st century uh, uh, talent regions that she's been setting up you know, I think there's always a challenge, and we're, we're trying to figure out how we get around this. Uh, too many times when uh, particularly government entities talk about what they do, 
they give you a list of programs. Mm -hmm. and and we keep going back and saying well people don't think in terms of programs they think in terms of how do I solve problems so again you know there had to be some moment there where where again you were looking at the challenges in terms of of high school equivalency or or sort of putting on to, to that degree pathway um, again you kind of revisit that conversation about what were some of the programs that you were able to access that helped you sort of put those things together? Because again, I think oftentimes when, when we go to look for these things on a website, what we see is, well, there's, there's a list of programs and, and I, I'm trying to solve a problem and we don't right. always put those two things together. Yeah. So, so you had some challenges and some problems that you were trying to solve and then how did you go through that process of figuring out that those things were there and what fit? Just asking a lot of questions um, and getting out there and asking questions and also talking to community partners as well. Um, go talk to the local education uh, colleges near you, community colleges, schools, etc., uh, career centers and just start, just start talking and understanding a little bit about the needs and then trying to figure out how could we how could we marry that with our HR processes what needs to change in our HR processes what needs to change in our HR mindset because obviously we've had to think very differently about employees as well because we we really are looking for employees in all areas and sometimes that's taking on employees that may have had a more troubled past that previously we may not have taken on and so it's really learning more about the community around us and how and trying to figure out how can we how can we eliminate some of those barriers so sometimes it's more about that than it is actually about money it's about mm -hmm. understanding why is this person not doing that currently and how can I be part of that process to help them do that so and that was my impression I think the first time I heard you talk about this that that um, when I when I heard you talk about this I thought they are looking at employees and potential employees as a customer yep and and taking a much different mindset in terms of uh, and again I thought that was what was so uh, exciting when you first talked about this when you you realized the reason that some of these people can't go through the process to get their high school equivalency is they get off work and they have family responsibilities they have other things that are tugging them in a variety of different directions and we have to make choices right um, and and you under, you you seem to understand that your process helped you understand that from from their perspective and remove that barrier and mm -hmm. I thought that and that sounds very simple probably after the fact but I'm sure that that had to be a revelation because a lot of other companies deal with the same thing and haven't come to that conclusion. Yeah, I think so. And I tell you, someone who we've learned a lot from as well, and we're thrilled that we're about to have them in our community is um, Goodwill and the Excel Center. And so we spent, we spent a lot of time building a relationship with them over the last year and learning more about their model. They, they just do so well at eliminating some of those barriers. And so now they're coming to Bloomington and we're looking at how can we partner? Because sometimes I have people come in to our program who normally they would, um, they would graduate within eight to 12 weeks. But there are some people who really, you know, they've been out for 20 years and they really need more than that. And that's really the model that we have. And so we realize that we have a problem when it gets to you need 12, 18 months 
then we're not probably the best people to help with mm -hmm. that. And so that's why we're thrilled that the Excel Center will come here because that is more, more of their model. And so we're talking with them about how we can work with them on identifying and assessing to make sure that people are set up for success from the beginning. And also when they have people who come through their program, can we work as that filter for them to bring people into that career position? Um, we've also uh, put some light manufacturing into their commercial services as well, and that's something very exciting. We could have 25 to 50 employees that could be working there, working on light assembly, and also helping them with all of the life coaching areas so that figuring out when they're ready then to take on that next position, we could be ready um, to be that employer. So I think partnerships like that as well, I would really encourage people to get to know Goodwill and get to know what they're doing with the Excel Center, um, because I think that they're a real key piece in this puzzle as well. So I think that's keeping abreast of what's coming in the areas and what the challenges are, um, looking at things as well, like the um, some of the addiction programs talking with them about, you know, when you have people like Wheeler Mission, uh, Centerstone, Indiana Recovery, lots of different places we talk to now, saying when you have someone that you really believe has done the work and they're ready to change, we'd like to help. We probably are not going to be that first employer for people because if you blow it here, that's, you know, you've really kind of ruined your chances. So what we want to do is to say, identify those individuals who've gone through the program who you really think they're, they're really ready for that next step and that we could work with you on understanding how can we help with a successful transition into our company. So we're looking at all different areas and I think it's our ongoing education will just improve and become a better, a better partner for, um, for people in the community. Do, uh, do you have a sense, um, I mean, do you have a sense that, that our workforce challenges are getting better or are, 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 do we see sort of long-term um, as we look at, for, for one thing, is in, in Indiana is not sort of on the top of the list for people to relocate to, and that's a challenge. We have an aging workforce. Um, you know, it seems to me, especially from an economic development standpoint, that workforce is becoming more and more sort of front and center in terms of um, challenges that communities are working on that is bringing different uh, sort of groups together um, how do you sort of how are you looking out toward the future of your workforce and and what are you preparing for trying to anticipate some of the challenges they have like in our area for example we've heard from our employees it's really hard to afford housing here um, and so you know talking with property developers, talking with landowners, talking with lots of different groups and saying, listen, this is going to be a problem for us. If people can't afford to live here, how are they going to stay employed here? And so saying that we shouldn't just think about someone filling a job, we should think about someone more holistically and think about their life, their lifestyle, their families, and what are needed for all of those groups. And I know I'm preaching to the choir here. <laughs> you're, you're looking into this every day. And I think we should be partnering with you on those discussions so that when property developers are thinking about it, they understand what the size of the problem is. And um, we can create a lot of data and share that with different groups and are very happy to do that and, and join the table and help. So I think it's understanding what are the challenges for people around transportation, childcare, housing, all of these things, and how can we actually 
get out of our building and start to work with you on some of those challenges? It's so amazing uh, uh, that, uh, again, what we used to think of as economic development was a very sort of finite set of activities. And uh, we, we've seen just such a convergence where we now, you know, where, where quality of life, quality of place, housing, education, so many different elements um, have really become part of that whole notion of how we grow our local economies, how we, how we think about it. Um, it's just uh, 10 years ago, if you would have gone to economic developers and said, we need to be talking about housing, they would have said, not my job. Mm -hmm. If you would have gone maybe a little bit before that and talked about workforce, they said, that's not my job. Well, it's, it's become so, I think for all of us, it's become a very, very diverse uh, set of conversations and building those networks within communities. Um, I always think of as so many of our different platforms in a community, whether it's tourism, education, um, uh, local government, workforce, we all have a piece of a puzzle. Mm -hmm. And what we're trying to do is figure out, now what does that picture look like on the puzzle box so we all know where our piece of the puzzle right. fits. So if someone is interested in, in better understanding uh, my cook pathway and what you've been able to do here, right. uh, are there places on, on maybe the company website or how can, they, how can they better access this information? Yes, if they go on the Cook Medical um, or the Cook Group website and then look under careers, they'll, um, they'll find a lot of information there. I think we advertise a lot around um, radio stations and that's something I would also say, by the way, is just another key for anyone who would be looking to set up a program like this. You don't have to spend an an exorbitant amount in advertising um, we've had an enormous amount of success using social media and then it becomes word of mouth so I can't tell you how many people that we have that say well my mother went through the program or she has a sister or a brother we have people relocating from other states to take part in the program as well you know people coming from Kentucky from various we've had people from Florida so the word get the word gets so out. they came they came from Florida to Indiana for the weather right <laughs> especially this week with the hurricane approaching yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what have we not talked about that what points have I not let you make up to this point I think um, I think it's about thinking outside the box and partnering with the community so I think we need to just you know get outside of ourselves right and not be thinking so um, inwardly about jobs I think we have to look about people's careers and their lifestyle and make sure that we're learning all the time about what some of the challenges are in our communities um, our president Pete's been heavily involved in um, a drug coalition here in Monroe County and so listen to the providers in the area to understand what are they what are they coming up against and so that would be my my one of the biggest things I'm learning right now is how much I don't know about certain problems that people have in the community. So I, I, would really, I would really encourage people to get out of where you are working and go and learn from others and learn from other companies. There are a lot of companies that are doing some really great initiatives um, and I think we can all learn from each other. We're stronger together for sure. Is there any place, uh, last comment, is there any place though where you say companies are learning from one another 
I mean, is that all very informal at this point, or is there is there a platform where that learning is taking place? I think it's a variety of things. I think we come to things like the economic development forums that you have, but sometimes that's because we sit next to each other on a panel. Like one of the relationships that we've developed was actually me being on a panel and sat next to someone from Hire and someone who, from a non-profit that we, I felt like our company could help. So I think that there are organizations that are trying to help. It would be nice perhaps to see if we could do it more formally and actually focus on getting some of the um, HR leaders and people who are looking at these problems together. So maybe that's something we could talk about in the future. All right. Happy yeah. to do that. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for Thank spending you. time today. So uh, we've had a conversation today with Nikki James, the Vice President for HR and Talent Development with Cook Group. Nikki, thank you so much for your time. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks. This has been IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. This podcast was powered by the Indiana Municipal Power Agency. Since 1983, IMPA has provided 61 municipal utilities in Indiana and Ohio with low-cost, reliable, and environmentally responsible power. Learn more about IMPA by visiting their website at impa.com and be sure to follow them on social media to stay in the know. This podcast is copyrighted 2019 by the Indiana Economic Development Association, which retains all rights to the content.